Good morning. I hope everybody's having a good day so far. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, ain't it? Have you been enjoying a series so far that we're doing on the 40 days of prayer? It's really blessing my soul. This would change your life if we could just get a hold of this. Last week, Pastor Lot, he started it off by covering confession and repentance. And we saw that our prayer life should start with repentance. That repentance is a process that is getting us closer and closer to looking like the image of our father. That it is not just a one-time deal. That, as a matter of fact, instead, our Christian life should be a series of repentance. Repentance is not an option. It's a command. And so is confession. That's a part of it. Now, confession is not us asking God for forgiveness. Confession is us saying that we say the same thing about our sin that God does. See, for a lot of us, this is where we get stuck. We mess up, we repent, we confess, and we just get in this pattern of doing that, but we never make it to the next step in our prayer life. And God is saying, I have great plans for your life, but I need you to dig deeper. So how do we do that? How do we dig deeper? How do we get to the next step in our prayer life? That's what we're going to learn today. The title of my sermon today is Surrendered Life Equals Changed Life. Surrendered Life Equals Changed Life. How many of you know that God has many, many names? And he reveals himself to us for we can get a, a better understanding of who he is. We see in Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says, and they're going to pull it up for you. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the Hebrew name that was used here for God is Elohim. It demonstrates the enormity of God's power to transform our life. It's showing us that God is still a creating God, that he did not stop creating things once he completed creating the earth. He is still a creating God. David said, creating me a clean heart, oh Lord. God's desire is for us to have a, a clean heart, a new mind, and he want to restore our relationships. God is the potter. He is the maker. He is the architect of everything seen and everything not seen. All throughout the Bible, we see God revealing his names through us, through mankind, through the many different situations that they was going through in their lives. And as you see here, if they can zoom in, these are some of the names that God has. Now, he has a lot of names, but we're just going to touch up on some of them. I want to just show you who our God is. 
we see Jacob speaks to God's ultimate power over all. And that's the mighty one. You can find that in Genesis 49, chapter, chapter 49, verse 23. The mighty one. It says, Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him. But this bow remained taut and his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. God is sovereign. God is in charge of everything. Nothing can come and get us against us unless God allows it. Nothing can touch us unless God gives it permission. Think about the life of Job. Satan had to go and ask God for permission just to touch him. We belong to a mighty God. We see God reveal his name, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. It says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yara. Now, in the Hebrew letters, they don't have a J. So in our English translation, we say Jehovah Jara. It said, which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use the name as a proverb on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. The Lord will provide. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that God is our provider? Do we trust him? Do we trust that my God shall supply all our needs in his glorious riches? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah who heals you. That's in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commandments and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. What sickness can stand against us? What sickness can stand against our God? Either God is going to heal us on this side of the earth or he's going to bring us home to him. See, we as Christians, we, we look at death the wrong way because we would never taste death. When we pass away, this body would die. But soon as we pass away, we will be in the presence of the Lord. So either way, we win. I think that's pretty cool. So if, if I'm a go and I get to be in the presence of my maker, Lord, I'm ready. Amen. Jehovah Sabbath. Jehovah Sabbath, which means the Lord of hosts. Isaiah chapter one, verse 24. Therefore, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's army, the mighty one of Israel says, I will take revenge on my enemies and pay back my foes. 
The Lord has an army of soldiers, uh, angels ready to protect us. He can dispatch them anytime he gets ready. I remember uh, when I was in 11th grade and I had a car wreck and I think I told you guys this story before, but I was driving my mama car being disobedient. I went somewhere. She told me not to go. I was supposed to go up the road to my friend's house and I didn't go. Well, I did go, but then once I got up there, I found out there were some girls around the other corner. So instead of me riding with my friend, because he did have a truck, I couldn't do it. I, I wanted to look cool, so I took my mama car, and everything was fine on the way up there. But on the way back, me and my friend had this bright idea of, hey, let's race. So we started racing, and I'm telling you, we was going fast. And I went around the curb, and I lost control of the car, and the car started flipping. I didn't have on a seatbelt. My jersey that I had on, I had taken off and it flew out the window. And the whole time I'm holding on to the steering wheel while the car is flipping, I'm saying, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, because I'm thinking I'm finna die. So I'm like, if I'm finna die, I need to try to get right with the Lord <laughs> before I go. But I say this to say this, when, I'm, when I was flipping, now you can believe what you want to believe, but I believe that God had an angel in there because I felt somebody holding me in that car. Tell me why I didn't fly the car. I didn't have on a seatbelt. I was going extremely fast. I knew I was going over 80. And the car was flipping. My jersey flew out, but the Lord sent his angel to protect me. Even in my disobedience. The Lord is good, ain't he? <laughs> Jehovah Salome, which means the Lord our peace. And you can find that in Judges chapter 6, verse 24. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he named it Yahweh Salome, which means the Lord is our peace. The altar remains in opera in the land of the clan of Abizar to this day. I probably said that name wrong, so y'all forgive me. Is the Lord your peace? Do you find your peace in the Lord or do we find it in something else? Do you find it in another person? Do you find it in a bottle? What about Netflix? Look, hey, I'm guilty too. A lot of times when, when I'm stressful, going through stress and stuff like that, and I don't been at work and my mind is, is feeling fried from dealing with customers all day. And I'm like, look, I just need some peace. And when I get home, I don't go to my Bible. I go to Netflix. Am I the only one? Y'all looking at me like, look at him. He a sinner. Man, I'm glad that y'all are super saved. Look, Netflix is my peace sometimes. I admit that. But it shouldn't be our peace all the time. The first person we should run to is Jehovah Salome. He should be our peace. Jehovah Ra, which means the Lord is our shepherd. Psalms chapter 23, verse 1, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. That is super small. 
Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in a house of the Lord forever. Is the Lord your shepherd? Who has gotten your life? Are you guiding your own life? Or do you run to a psychic? You run to one of those little magical balls you shake up. I need some answers. Lord, I need something. Tell me what I should do. You will be rich. Do you go to that? Look, I know people that go to psychics. I have family members that go to psychics. What spirit is leading you? Is it the Holy Spirit? Or is it one of Satan's spirits? Who is your shepherd? Look, this is just a glimpse. I just wanted you to get a glimpse of who our God is. Our mind cannot even wrap, you can't even wrap around your mind how big God is, how powerful he is. Listen to this. God cannot even create, God cannot even talk without creating stuff. If God opened up his mouth and say anything, it's going to create something. Because his word cannot come back void. If God say, Cameron, you're going to have a great marriage. I'm going to have a great marriage. If he say, you will be healed. You will be healed. God will not even speak into the earth unless he's speaking to somebody that's going to speak it out and receive it. When God spoke over all seasons and said all seasons will be a diverse church, it will be a big church. When this church first started, he spoke that to the original members and they had to prophesy it. And when they prophesied it, Pastor Lot had to receive it and he had to speak it. Because God's word cannot come back void. There are many, many more names that God wants to reveal to us for we can truly get to know who he is. But what's in the name? Why would God, out of all the things he could do to reveal himself to us, why do he choose to reveal himself to us through his names? See, this day and age, we don't, we don't take a lot of significance in the meaning of names. A lot of times when we're naming our children, we don't take the time to stop and research and find out what's the meaning behind the name. A lot of us just name our kids something that sounds good. Now, back in the day, they, they usually, they, they named their kids after somebody influential or a beloved relative. And a lot of us still do that today. But we do not sit back and research and say, what am I naming my child? What's the meaning behind this name? Chastity and I, when we named our baby girl, we had Isabella's name picked out before we even got married. We was talking about baby names when we was dating. And when we came across Isabella and we found out that her name means devoted to God, we fell in love with it. So we knew if we have, if God bless us with a girl, this is her name. Now, 
Isabella name means devoted to God. So I'm like, okay, I looked up my name. I said, okay, my name got to mean something spiritual or something unique. Cameron, it just sounds good. So I looked it up. And it was unique, all right. My name means crooked nose. Yeah. Thank you, mama. I'm going to talk to her after church today and ask her, did you take time to research my name? That explains a lot. But we have to take time in researching our names because the meaning behind them are powerful. Now, once you become a child of God, your name gets changed anyway. So even if you have a name that you don't like, once you become a child of God, your name gets changed. He's going to give you a new name. A lot of times when we're naming our kids, the long names, and I am not lying. Y'all going to think I'm making this up, but I've seen this on Facebook. This young man's name was the coldest to ever do it. Did anybody else see that? Am I the only one? Nobody raising their hand. See, y'all going to think I'm lying again. I'm telling you, his name was the coldest to ever do it. And I said, why did his mama do him like that? This man probably won't ever be able to get a job because if he come and applied habits and I'm going through applications and I see Dakotas to ever do it, eh, next, that can't be good. I'm going to the next person. When we think about the names and the meaning of why God want to reveal himself through names it's very important that we as a people take the time like I said to research the names you see but all of these ways of naming and identifying ourselves they all have something to do with relationships and how many of you know when we address each other is is based on how intimate and how well we know each other and when it comes to God and our relationship with him, it is vital as a people. And it is important for us to get to know God in an intimate way through his names. You see, many of us as a church, we do not take time to get to know who our God is. And we find ourselves with a church full of people who have met God, but you do not know God. We find ourselves trying to worship. Okay. We find ourselves trying to worship and praise and live for God that we don't even know. And it's not that we don't want to get to know God. That's not the problem. The problem is, a lot of times, it's hard for us to believe. We want to know God as our Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. But when it comes time for us to, to trust that he will provide, do we? We want to know God as Jehovah Rapha, our healer. But when we get that bad report from the doctor, what do we believe? The report? Or do we put our trust in Jehovah Rapha? You see, it's not a matter of not wanting a deeper relationship 
with God is can we have the faith to receive it? To be honest with you, that, that faith word, that's a hard word. What is faith? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about the things we cannot see. So we have confidence for the thing that we hope to happen in order for us to, to see it happen. We have confidence for things that we can't see and we hope for it to happen, but we can't see it. Let me get uh, Victor. He's going to help me. He's going to volunteer for me. I, I asked him before service. He almost turned me down. But Victor, I have a bag of Skittles. Okay. Now you can see these Skittles. Everybody see, I have a bag of Skittles. Now you can, you can have these Skittles right now. He's licking his lips. He's ready. Calm down. Now you can have these Skittles and go back and eat them and enjoy them while I'm doing my sermon and have a good old time. Or you could take a chance and look inside that box and hope that it's more. Hold on, hold on. Because it may not be nothing in there. We don't know. We see the Skittles and we see the box, but we don't see what's inside the box. How many of you think he should just take the Skittles, he see them, and he should just go sit down and enjoy what he has? Raise your hand if you think that. We had a few people. How many of you think he should take a chance and look inside the box? Raise your hand. What do you want to do, Victor? Go ahead, man. Let's, let's see. Give it up to Victor. Thank you, Victor. You can enjoy it. See, it's, it's natural for us to have confidence in the things that we see. It's not natural for us to have confidence in the things that we don't see. How many of you work a job and don't have, you don't have to raise your hand, but you work a job that you don't like or you hate and you've been wanting to leave, but you're afraid to leave. I had one man to raise his hand back there. <laughs> see, it's, it's easy for us to stay at a job that we don't like because we have confidence in that job because we got it. Now, it's hard for us to take a chance when the Lord is telling us, hey, you can leave. I got something better. Okay, Lord, well, go ahead and show it to me first. No, that's not how it works. I want you to quit your job without having the job and just trust that I got you. I don't know. I got bills. Do you trust me? I trust you, Lord. Quit your job. I see my job, though. I pay my bills with my job. If I quit my job, what am I going to do? Do you trust me? See, it's so easy for us to have confidence in the Skittles. But when it comes to faith, we have to trust that God has good intentions for us, that he's going to take care of us, that he's not going to lead us wrong. James said, faith without works is dead. See, faith is demonstrated by your actions, not by your discussions. 
It's demonstrated by your walk, not by your talk. When you move, you have demonstrated faith. And when you demonstrate faith, you get to see God move in history. See, a lot of times it's like a person going back to this faith. It's like a person who wants the job, but they haven't filled out any applications. They're not going out searching for the job. They're not going out talking to anybody. You're just sitting at home by the phone and you're just praying like, I know the Lord. The Lord is good. He is going to bless me with a job. And God is saying, yes, I will bless you with a job, but I need you to get up, take a bath, put on some clothes and go fill out some applications. I need you to put some action behind the words. We have to do our part before God does his. Let me show it to you in a story of the life of Rahab in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Achaia Grove. He instructed them, Scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan River, especially around Jericho. So the two men set out and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. But someone told the king of Jericho, some Israelites have come here tonight to spout the land. So the king of Jericho sent orders to Rahab, bring out the men who you have who have came into your house for they have come here to spy out the whole land. Rahab had hidden the two men, but she replied, yes, the men were here earlier, but I didn't know where they were from. They left the town at dusk as the gates were about to close. I don't know where they went. If you hurry, you can probably catch up with them. She actually, she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them beneath bundles of flax. She had laid out. So the king's men went looking for the spies along the road, leading the shallow crossing of the Jordan River. And as soon as the king's men had left, the gate of Jericho was shut. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. I know the Lord has given you this land, she told them. We are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did to Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above the earth below. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some type, some type of guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters and all their family. Now, such a person 
who would have been viewed as a throwaway was a lady named Rahab. Almost all the times when you see her, her name in scripture, her occupation is beside it. Rahab the harlot. Rahab the prostitute. That's how she is known throughout scriptures. Her lifestyle would have been regarded as to some people as evil, as worthless, as good enough for the junkyard. But I don't know a better person who could illustrate that it is not too late than a lady named Rahab, whose resume simply read harlot or prostitute. She lived in Jericho and Joshua who was following God, was now ready to take Jericho as the city that would come under the rule of Israel. We are told that Rahab's house was embedded in the walls of Jericho. She had a permanent residence by the gate on the wall. And you will pretty much understand that because when the men came to Jericho, Guess who house they went to first? Rahab's. She was conveniently located. Joshua, he sent a couple of spies up there to spy out the land and to see. He wanted to check things out before they go to conquer it. These two spies went to Rahab's house and she received them. And the Bible tells us why. She received them in Joshua chapter two, verse nine. This is why she received them. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk with them. And she said, I know the Lord has given you this land. She told them, we are all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. For we have heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea. When you left Egypt, when you left Egypt, and we know what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River, whose people you completely destroyed. No wonder our hearts have melted in fear. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above the earth and of the a God of the heavens above and the earth below. In other words, Rahab said, hey, look, we know all about y'all. Y'all are some bad boys and we know all about your God. We know what he has done for them. And I believe in you. That is why I'm going to receive you. And she takes them into her house to protect them because she believed in their God and what he had done. Rahab was a prostitute who was really willing to take to, to risk. She took a, a step of faith to protect God's people. Rahab was tired of living in fear. She was tired of living the life she had been living, Rahab wanted a, a brand new life. She was tired of being a prostitute. 
But did you notice what Rahab said in verse 11? Could you pull back verse 11? She said, for the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Now, I don't know if you caught that, but that is the same uh, translation, the same words. For the Lord your God is the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. We saw that earlier in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, where it says, God created the heavens and the earth. So Rahab knew they was that Elohim was the God that she was dealing with. The supreme God, the God that is over everything. And what else do Elohim mean? It means that God has the power to transform our lives. So Rahab said, not only do I believe in your God, and not only do I believe that your God can defeat us, but I believe that Elohim can transform my life. And I believe it and I receive it. Rahab's whole life was changed when she stepped out on faith and surrendered her life to Elohim. The next part of your prayer life, after you have repented and after you have confessed, is to surrender. You have made Jesus your savior. You're saved, but now you have to make Jesus your Lord. What do surrendering to God looks like to you? Now, for me, when I surrendered to God, I was saved. And I needed to get to the next step in my life. And, and I'm like, Lord, what's going on? I, I feel like I'm going in the same pattern. I mess up. I repent. I confess. I mess up. I repent. I confess. And the Lord said, you need to surrender. Some of us need to get a trash can and surrender. Now, like I said, surrendering may look different to all of us. But for me, surrender was changing some of the stuff that I was watching. Changing some of the stuff that I was listening to. Changing the buddies that I was hanging with. What is it going to look like for you? Surrendering for you may be, Lord, the first part of my morning, I'm giving it to you. I'm not going to check Facebook. I'm not going to touch my phone. It's yours. Surrendering for you may be throwing away the beer that's in the refrigerator or the cigarettes that's in your pocket. Lord, it's been holding me far too long. I'm surrendering to you. What do surrender looks like in your life? Surrendering for God will look different for us all but we all must surrender. If you want a transformed life, just like Rahab, you have to step out of faith and surrender your life to God. God cannot reveal himself to us if we do not step out in faith. 
you will remain in that same cycle in your life until you decide to step out of faith and surrender to God. When you're operating in faith, God can cover you and protect you even when everything around you is falling down. Now, remember I said that Rahab's house was embedded in the walls. Do anybody remember what fell down once Joshua and them went to conquer Jericho? The walls. All the walls fell down except for Rahab's. All the walls around her, everything in life was falling apart. Everything she knew that was life was falling apart except for her house, except for her family. And why? All because Rahab decided enough is enough. I can't do this on my own. Lord, I have tried. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. Every time I say something to my spouse, it's the wrong thing. Enough is enough. Lord, it is in your hands. I surrender. That's what Rahab did. She surrendered and the Lord protected her. So if you want a transformed life, you have to surrender. If you want to go to the next step in your prayer life, you have to surrender. If God can recognize somebody with Rahab's background and still make her useful, he can do the same thing for us. And that's not it. Once Rahab, she, she lived and they protected her, she went to live with the Israelites. And guess what? She ended up marrying an Israelite. His name was Salmon. Her and Salmon, they had a son named Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David, from which the same line that our Lord Jesus Christ came from. How in the world can our Lord Jesus Christ be associated with a prostitute. How can he have somebody like that in his line? Because when you surrender to God, not only will he transform your life, he will give you a, a new heart. He will give you a new mind. And he will restore all relationships. A surrendered life equals a changed life. Will you stand? Now, every Sunday of our 40 days of prayer, we're going to ask everybody to come up to the altars, those are, that are willing and able. Would you please come up to the altar? And this is your time to surrender to God. I don't know what it is that you need to surrender. And it's none of my business. It's nobody's business but you and God's. But this is the time where you close your eyes 
you lift your hands, you do whatever, you get on your knees, whatever surrendering to God may look like to you. This is the time where we take and we surrender our life to God. Do you need to go home and throw away some movies or cut off some stuff that's keeping you in chains? Do you need to go and clean out your fridge with stuff that shouldn't be in there? Do you need to go and apologize to your spouse? Whatever it is, just take a moment and listen to the Holy Spirit. Let him speak to your heart. Father God, we are so sorry. Lord, we are worthless without you. Lord, we cannot do anything without you. And right now, Father God, as we stand at the altars, we are saying we surrender to you. We surrender to your purpose. No longer are we chasing after our own purpose, Father God, but whatever it is that you have for us in our life, we surrender to it, Father. Lord, we ask right now that you, you heal the broken marriages, that you heal the sickness that's in the room, Father God, that you restore relationships, Father God. Lord, that you do what only you can do, Father God. Lord, we ask for a new clean heart, a renewed mind. And we thank you, Father, that all chains are broken. No longer are we bound by the stuff that used to hold us. No longer are we bound by fear. Lord, we are going to live a faith life. We're going to dig deeper for we can know who you are. We're going to study your names, Father God, for we can get a deeper, intimate relationship with you. You are so big and you're so powerful. And we can only just get a glimpse of who you are. But that's what we want, Father God. Show us your glory as we surrender our life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go give the devil fits.